0: You know, some would say, I guess it all depends how you look at it, that oh, these are certainly our challenging times. I bet you everybody said that throughout every generation, throughout every time in, in history. But there certainly are a lot of things going on, and and I think Joy's been feeling the need to connect with certain beings, and so we're going to channel, well, some of them showed up quite by accident, but we'll tell you who that's going to be. First of all, we'd like to welcome Joy to our show. How are you doing, Joy.
1: Hi, TJ. It's great to be here, and I think we're doing two shows today, right? Aren't we? We're doing yours and mine.
0: Yes, that is correct. This will be on both shows, but it's going to be about some beings that you thought you would want to connect with, and you were the one that mentioned these to me. So what made you think about each one of these beings?
1: Well, actually... I can't take credit. It wasn't my idea. It was um, uh, a young man I know. His name is Daniel, and he's into music. And um, I was very good friends with his mom who transitioned. And he came to me after listening to our shows, and he talked uh, very supportively about everything. And he said, he brought up a couple of names, and two of the names he brought up were Anne Frank and uh, John Lennon. And John Lennon, I feel a very strong connection to years ago. I was at a spiritual event, and um, during the break, his soul came and sat and had lunch and chatted with us. And that was really wonderful. Anne Frank, um, I've never spoken to her. I know her story. And with the trauma and the expansiveness of how children are imprinting our world right now through their deaths and their abilities to create new ways of being, it only made sense to check in with Anne And last week, before our show died out, we just started to have someone come in called the Peace Pilgrim. And the Peace Pilgrim is a woman who was around, oh, I would say 30 years ago, and she walked the earth and uh, allowed people to support her by um, taking care of her, and she walked Peace and she wrote books, and it was interesting. The three of them showed up together, so um, I've been feeling them and um, I kind of felt them together. I just wanted to take a deep breath and let's see who comes through. Okay,
2: yep, go ahead.
1: <laughs> so I'm hearing I am Anne Frank. And she says, I've come to offer solace. And again, she's showing me this image of being with children. And she says, I help children come to the other side. And she shows me how she's playing with them. And as she's doing this, she's assisting them to release trauma. So she's very clear in knowing she's a way shower to help these children settle in on the other side. And she says, I work from an angelic body. Uh, She says, I was infused with the gifts of the angels when I transitioned to the other side. After my death, she said, I was a light brought to the earth during a time when the energies or when the life processes were so dense and drawn out and focused on death. And the idea that what some call the evil had a rain on the planet for a while, a long time. She says, she says, my mission was to come and bring light into the dark. And she says, I did this literally each day. I stayed inside and worked to bring forth my light. She said I did so through the written word and each day I would seek inspiration from somewhere and she's showing me this bird, this bird that she would watch and she would witness its flight and she would hope to be able to open out to freedom, and there were times at night when she dreamt she was a bird, and it gave her that sense of freedom at night when she slept, which it helped her wake up with the understanding that she could not be caged, her soul could not be caged. So she says it was easier for her to witness where freedom and light might be around, though others couldn't see it. And she says this made it possible for her to do her work, even as a child, bringing light in the dark. And she said, it imprinted. It imprinted through her written word. And she says she had accomplished what she had come to do. And she left a legacy of hope behind so others might be inspired beyond age religion, backgrounds, living conditions, to come to the realization that being rich in worth and value and purpose comes from inside. And she says that she was afraid and she was able to express so beautifully because she had a connection to the whole. And although she didn't write about that per se, she felt that. And she says it was... Part of the sustainable force that kept her going through things. And she talks about the love of her family, how they inspired her to keep strong. And the key word was to keep strong. And she talks about how even in the smallest of places, there was love and the bonds helped to keep things intact. She tells me about um, there were rituals connected to how the family lived together that um, gave a sense of normacy whenever possible. The tradition to some great wisdom helped to hold things in place. And she says when it was her time to go, There was fear all around her. And there was trauma and suffering and terror. And she says, but I could hear somebody singing. And I listened. I listened to that. And a calm came around her. And she says, it was if it was as if I stepped outside of myself. She says, For I did I did. And she says as my spirit was lifted up I was calm enough to show the others it was okay to let go. And then she shows me this image, and as she's being lifted up, this great light that she is seems to sprout these wings and these beings, ancient ones, family, angels, that kind of thing. I can see them come around her, which she's showing me. And she says, I held fast to the inner truth or knowing that they couldn't kill my spirit for the love that I left behind. And now she shows me a flash and she's back with the children And she says that when she greets them, she smiles and it calms them. And she says many come to the other side because the world can't hear their truths or what they have to offer. So they're coming into the realms where peace and access living the truths that they want to offer is well received and sent through the dimensions and the portals back to the earth to those who can receive the wisdoms through their hearts and their minds. And she says, the littlest ones we play and they grow and they come to know that they have awakened from a dream where there are no more nightmares and they have peace. Do you have any questions for her?
0: I would, yes I do. And I just want to give a little background on Anne Frank. She was born in 1929, the same age as my mom, the same year. And she died in 1945, which was getting to the end of the war. And uh, she was 14 at the time. So... It's a lot to deal with, was really, you know, things are tough, you know, throughout history. We've always seen it, but this was a time when, when things were really, there was very little hope for a lot of people. So I find what she, what she's doing, I guess I would just like to say, I mean, she's helping the children. We have a lot of these incidents that happen that are going on. And uh, what kind of message, I'm sure she has a very positive one. What kind of message, Anne, would you like to share with us today?
1: Well, what she has just spoken seems pretty positive,
0: huh? Right, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and she wants you to know more than anything. She says that the wisdoms of love live on. And she says that as people step out of the dream, there's a dream. separates people from each other she says this is the times where people are waking up to knowing it's time to come full circle and come back to a truth of knowing that the things that divide are temporary They cannot hold weight, They cannot live as a foundation as that she says, the word is, hold on, it's not viable during these states of times to live in worlds of separation. She says everything is calling everyone to come together, she says, although it may not seem so. She says, listen to the wisdom of the purest light of the innocent. Watch, watch what they show you, she says, learn. She says, these little ones, these so-called little ones, and she's laughing when she says this, are the masters of a new dawn. And she says that's why their ideas will seem outlandish to some and make sense to many. She says, I work with those who've transitioned, who've come to the other side, but I witness and I cheer on, not just the children, but those that come to the truth, but now is the time where all doors are opened to the awakening, that all must work together. She says, in my time, the reason, the disintegration of the system and of the death and atrocities of so many occurred was because there was an education given from a logical state that gave reasons why division from each other would work to benefit. She says, in the division, it disempowered connection and caused people to create fears which divided each other from the love of you, mankind. She says the love was forgotten. And the fear was fed, and the people were disempowered by the fear. She says, I did not choose to fear. I chose to love, even in that small space. And I wrote these things and left them in a book, not knowing that one day people would read it. She says, I thought it was for my own reflection, to inspire myself, and to keep me going. She says, but my mission, my purpose, my soul knew. I had to leave a legacy. And that was how I could do it. So she says, Fear not about how you can leave your imprint of love. She says, Risk it. And by that I mean, Let go of the fear of doing it, and recognize no matter what the conditions or concerns, know that you too can leave a legacy that can touch many hearts and minds, whether you live or whether you step into my realms. Now, it's interesting. I see her flying around. I see her flying around. And it's almost like she's whistling or creating some kind of sound or song. And um, she says, Music is a great avenue to open doors for many. She says, just as books. And then she goes, she says ebooks. <laughs> she says, Oh, the times in those realms you live are so different than that one life I live. But the essence, the heart, the desire and the drive in the soul and the heart is the same. The drive for peace, the desire to love, and the call to connection is inside each soul. Does that answer your question?
0: That was very well stated, Anne, and thank you very much. It's
1: nice. she says you're most welcome, and she says, and I know your mother, and she is here, and she says, we smile upon you together.
0: That's very nice. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And yes. I look at I look at her picture. She kind of reminds me of my mom from that. And you know, I just while we while we were talking, I was I opened up and googled it and. She looks like a young girl like my mom would have at that time. It's Because my mom was in Mannheim, and, and Anne was in Frankfurt, but she left the country in 1940, I believe. And they basically were they were at Amsterdam, and they got out of there because Hitler, they might have even left before that, but they got out of there because Hitler took power, and they were without a country, and they remained hidden for quite a long time before she was captured and then... The war's almost over. That's what's kind of sad about it. You know, the war was almost over, and she didn't survive. But her message, her message lives yeah. on. So thank you for sharing that. Anything else that you want to tell us? Is, is there anything more? Do we want to, do we want to move on?
1: Yeah, um, she wants to say that the reason she didn't live past the war was she completed what she came to do. She was finished, there was nothing else for her to do. So how she went is sad, but the agreement to go on to where she is was in the docket. And I really, when I feel her, I know that we live paralleling lives so she's coexisting in other realms but um, her presence her core presence is very strong in this realm she's in right now it's like i can see her frequency and her form and i can feel her vibration very strong so she's really enjoying what she's doing. And your mom your mom wanted to come in. It's interesting you were looking at her photo because all of a sudden I felt her come in. And she wants you to know when you focus on her and you call her in, your mom, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says she's always with you. But her presence is stronger when you focus on her. And she tells me, um, she sees how your thoughts are and how your concerns are. And she says, don't leave your heart, don't leave your heart. And remember, she says, that's where you feel us all from. And she says when you felt me after she left, it was through the heart. And she wants to remind you that that is always there. And she says that occurred so you would always know that you have a link to step out of chaos. You have a way to link into peace. You have a way to bridge beyond life and death. You have a knowing of the oneness of all of creation. And she says that experience, her coming to you in the way she did, was the biggest gift she could have given you because she never, ever wanted to separate from you and she never wanted you to separate from her. And in that, she knew you would never separate from anyone truly.
0: That's wonderful. And I'm, I'm guessing that you're talking about when she appeared to me mom. in 2000, yeah. 2011 with the horse and the squirrel is what I'm thinking yeah. in that vision. There was yeah. a very clear vision where she sent a wave of light. I'm guessing you're referring to that like 11 years ago now, right?
1: Yes, and she's reminding you of that now. She says, through these times, she says, remember the softness of love. She says, therein lies your power.
0: Is she suggesting maybe I'm not doing that right
1: now? No, she's not saying that. No, no, no. If you think of it like this, and she's giving you a hug with that memory. She's not reprimanding you. She's, She's coming to reassure you. She says the times are very difficult. And she says, and you see, your mom is talking. She says, you see so much of both sides. And she says, I'm coming to reassure you of the commitment that it's always there in you and keep trusting it she's
0: encouraging you she's not reprimanding
1: yeah. you <laughs> do, I, do i have to go to my co- I do, I to-
0: <laughs> do i have to go to my cosmic room i mean uh, no <laughs> <laughs> Am i grounded or? no uh uh-uh. okay. no well that's wonderful that is so yeah. nice that you shared that joy i wasn't i wasn't looking for that in any way and It's nice to hear from my mom again, and those of you that are listening may not know, but I had an experience with both my parents. Um, I don't wish to monopolize the time we have. Uh, Is there anything more that we want to do with this, or do we want to move on?
1: Well, actually, it's so funny you didn't get the words out, and I saw John Lennon stepping forward. And, you know, I understand her time may not be extra long today, but I don't wanna rush rush because, you know, I mean John Lennon, you know. Um <laughs> so um he's laughing. He's laughing. And um I I hear him coming forward and it's like his hands are outstretched and I hear him I hear the song All We Are Saying Is Give Peace of Chance, you know. Um, and I'm checking in, and he's, he's speaking with his, his very English accent, and he's got his round sunglasses on. He says, this is how you know me best. He says, so I've decided to take this form. He says, I could take another form and wear a long robe with long hair and a long beard. He says, but I want to do this one. <laughs> um, So let's see what he wants to say. He says, "I too left a legacy in my songs, just as Ann said. Music, music is is angelic messages from the spheres. Music. He says. Um, he says you will notice." After Anne was done her book, and you know, of a certain age, she laughed. And after I wrote some of my most powerful uh, songs, I laughed. And she, he's saying, um, "I've heard this before. I think he's told me this before." He says, um, "When people come and they do masterful things." A lot of times they exit through violence because it creates a global stir and the message becomes louder and it brings people together. And he says, although my death was deemed tragic, he says it served high purpose for me to go out. He's saying kind of like a bang. He's like, for me to go out that way, the message could reach more people, open more hearts, and bring the truth of the message of what I left behind to surface. He said it was if the world united in grief that day, Even some who did not like my music grieved what occurred. And he said there was threads of unity created. And he says, and the legacies go on in ripples through music. And some come together to celebrate dates where my transition occurred. Or my birth happen. He says during this time from the other side. He says each time the song imagine is played, he said, My spirit stands around the souls who play it and hold space for that vision. For that vision in that song is not just mine. He says, I was a conduit for the words to come, but the vision is global. And so it goes out. Periodically, it goes out in times of war, in times when inspiration is needed. It goes out. And the message that was mine is universal. So he says, I see those who bring it forward as carriers of that vision now. And he says, and in the song, it speaks about reaching beyond religion, reaching beyond everything. And he says, and I've seen people from all backgrounds come together and perform and act out that vision in doing it. He says, one simple thing can alter the consciousness of man. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too large. It's the intent to imprint the world with a knowing that there is something bigger than everyday life that can be lived. By all. Now do you have questions?
0: Yes Hello? yes, I do have questions. First, I would like to ask um, the question this is the big I'm sorry, I gotta throw this out here. The big conspiracy thing about Paul McCartney dying in the sixties and he was replaced by another man. Was that is there any truth in that whatsoever? Sorry, that's that's a question I gotta ask.
1: <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> He's laughing. He's like although Paul and I are together in spirit, his body is still walking the
0: earth, he says. <laughs> that's what
1: he says. He says So No it's not true. He says that these things occur um, as a way to try to create division. Again, um, he says, if you look at Paul and how old he is, and you will notice that age shows on his face. But if you look at his behavior, there is kindness that comes through him. And he says, and that is Paul.
0: So I wanted to ask you about your connection with Paul because I know it was at a very early age. And and I'm guessing, I mean, obviously you both had a vision. And maybe you've, you've, you would like work before in, in other time periods. Just kind of a different way of seeing all that.
1: Say that again. I'm, I'm trying to hear you and I got home here.
0: Okay, so it seemed like Paul and, and, and maybe all the guys in the band, especially Paul and John, they wrote most of the music. They started playing together, I think, when they were 15 years old. Um, yeah. And to me, this just seems like a deeper connection that maybe as Paul, have you and Paul worked on other assignments in different lifetimes? And is that what brought you together?
1: Well, he says that Paul, John, and him were soul brothers. And they had incarnated <clears throat> many times. He's, I think he's showing me like the number 16. And he says that their primary mission in this life was to come and shake things up which they did, and he says, in other lifetimes, we were warriors. And he shows me a lifetime where um, he fought with, um, oh, he fought in Scotland um, against the English um, and he incarnated in this life as English, so he could shift things around with that, and so did the boys, his, his, his mates, as he says. My mates, we fought together in a war. We were of the same side, Scottish. <clears throat> and he says that in one lifetime, um, the original drummer... Pete. I think his he's saying his name is Pete right um, yeah I don't know the guy's name but he's telling me this and um, he said he fought on the other side so it's interesting when they incarnated in this life um, now remember things are happening simultaneously. Um, I'm explaining things that are coming through in a way that are understand, understood logically. But really, simultaneously, it's happening all at one time because there's no time or space. Um, but the, the, um, the fighting that ensued with Pete was kind of like a leftover karmic tie between the three of them and him because they had fought on opposite sides in a war. Now, um, when Ringo came in, he had been a fourth um, part of um, a group that had fought together in this war between the Scots and the English. This is what he's telling me. And they would fight for causes. He shows me another lifetime where they were like musketeers together. And they got tired of using their bodies. I can hear he's saying to me, and and I'm feeling this. Um, He said the incarnations um, were getting old with using the body to fight the government. And what they wanted to do was find another way to imprint the World and they did it through music. If you notice, there were times he says, Yeah, there were times we were political, got thrown out of countries. He says, <laughs> he's, He tells me all this. He was, he says, I did like a good experience at being a rebel. That's what he's, he's saying. There was a part of him that enjoyed the fight. But it wasn't a fight that he enjoyed. It was challenging injustice. That was his thing. And he says, and then when I met my twin, he met Yogo. Yogo was his twin. And he says, this is why we had such a rocky road, and yet um, we created spiritual messages together. He said, when I met her, he said... I was tired of the fight, and I really wanted to surrender to peace. And he said, I wasn't grown up enough. So he said that um, he was back and forth with things for a long time with her. He's showing me this, and um, he says then when it came full circle and he started settling in, then he was able to bring through some of his best work, what he calls his best work. He says that Yoko with the music and with his sons is part of his legacy. He says that um, when he got to the other side, he says there are things I witnessed I did that I wished I had done differently. He says, but, but he says he sees it all. And I get a very strong sense he's really strongly incarnated someplace else, really? yeah, yeah, I feel I feel um, his consciousness is in a dimension that hold on. So I asked him, I'm just going to tell you what he tells me. I said, John, where are you? And he said, oh, I'm everywhere. And I'm kind of like going, okay, well, we know that one. But let's see. I want to see where your primary input is. Oh, so he says that he's working with scientific configurations on how to alter state of affairs linked to the energetic input of how spaces are being utilized on planet Earth. So he tells me he's on another planet. He's creating things. Hmm. He says, I'm really enjoying this. He said, I've had lifetimes where I've put a lot of Um, imprint in using my body strength and he said and then I used my heart strength with the music he says now I'm getting to experience the magnitude of what my consciousness can create he says he's he's sounding like like he's consciousness he's consciousness uh There's a book, it's called The Afterlife of Billy Singers and it's about uh, a guy who died who went to the other side and it is by far one of the best books I've ever read um, on, on what happens when souls go to the other side and it's interesting because some of what Billy says in his book is very congruent with what I feel is happening with John, that you go to other dimensions. You don't just say, and um, he says, John says, um, he says, I've expanded this way, he says, because it's different, it's entertaining. I didn't reach this far out before, he says. He says, and I accrued, I accrued good karma, and could expand way, way out. He's enjoying himself. He's really enjoying himself. Do you have any other questions?
0: I want to ask him if he's got any instant karma. You yeah. <laughs> know,
1: he's laughing. He's laughing. He's like,
0: yeah, that was one of my wise songs. I also, I want to, I don't know if he had a hand in this. There was that movie called Yesterday, I think, if you know what I'm talking about. And there's a scene in the movie where because the Beatles did not exist and several other things didn't. And at the very end, the guy goes and he finds John Lennon. And to me, that was just the most powerful moment because John Lennon survived because there was no Beatles. Did he, was he connected in any way to that movie? Because I thought it was such a powerful movie.
1: He says, actually, I was. He says what it did was introduce the concept of paralleling lives occurring. And he says that's part of what my experience is really about now that is he, says, awesome. he, he shows me this this hit do you remember when he was younger he used to wear a cap right mm. okay. and when you said this he picked his cap up and he said my hats off to you, TJ. <laughs> <I'm pretty sad. laughs> Such a nice guy. I don't care what anyone says. I really like him, you know. He's
0: wonderful. He really is. He's a wonderful spirit. And um
1: yeah. So do you have any other questions for him?
0: No, I think it's just he made a big impact in our world and it's nice to talk to him and does he have a final message maybe that he wants to leave us with? And the world appears to be very Different even when he was here. He, he died in the early 80s. So a lot has changed. And, and does he have anything he wants to share about that?
1: He says this. He says, I'm with Anne Frank. He says, all you need is love. <laughs> That's what he said. All you need is right. love. Okay. Yeah. And he says, dream the dream, imagine I know that it's real. It's real. He says, don't lose hearts. Because when you lose hearts, you lose your way. Stay open. Stay open to possibilities that are bigger than what you thought could be. He says, imagine. Imagine. And then I saw him kind of become sparks of consciousness without form and step back. And now I'm checking to see, I want to see if the peace pilgrim wants to come in and say something. Hold on. I see her, and I see her sitting here at my place, um, she's like it's, I feel like she's sitting here and she wants to talk and she's showing a book she said I wrote a book about my travels and um, she said she is known as the peace pilgrim and her, her intention was to walk the earth of peace and to leave a living message as she did it and this is what drove her and she said they came in droves not at first she said but as I went out and I met more people the wave of consciousness that I carried started to imprint people's hearts And the earth. And I gave them a legacy too. And the legacy was that simply by being who you are and doing what you love, she said, I love to walk. And I love people. And I love connecting with people. And I was served. Through the whole journey. And she says every time you place your feet on the earth with an intention for peace, it grounds in to the heart of the earth. And it's like an energy wave that can touch the souls of other people where you walk. She says, as I traveled, I did not look at this so much from a metaphysical understanding. It was more primarily walking as, as a woman, as a human for a cause. But there were higher levels of effects of blessings that were occurring as I was doing this. She says, I did not know that till I went to the other side. And so she said, I too wrote a book. And she says, My hope is that in hearing these messages today that anyone who listens will know that peace is not only possible, there's a simplicity in how to live it. You can do it free of charge, too. It doesn't have to cost money. She says, the universe supports pure heart intent and she says therein lies the greatest strength of those who create global shifts, pure intent, an honest heart, innocence in form, creating action however you choose to do it. She says, um, it's not too late to give in to love. It's not too late to live as peace and the series. She says, for indeed anyone who chooses peace and thrives nurturing it sending it out to others is filled by doing so and is an emissary of peace. Be they a child, a woman, a man. No matter their background, religion, sexual orientation, man, woman, they're emissaries. And the... Capacity to live that is inside all. She's showing me an image of a map. Like, I want to say almost like um, a road map. She would sit down before she left and she would create road maps. And she said, some of the greatest adventures were when I got off the road map. She said it was the adventures that took me by surprise that opened me to more ways of understanding toward people, my fellow man and woman. And she said that the journey of peace was also a deeply embedded journey of compassion, of kindness, and of freedom. She says, I trusted, I trusted and surrendered to the journey and to the experience that being a woman walking the earth, I would still have everything I needed to make this happen. She says, which during my time was considered bold and brave and daring because I did not know a vast majority of the people who I met along my way. She says the journey supported and was shining a light on what was needed from people But she says, my gifts came in many forms by doing what I was called to do. Do you have questions for her?
0: Yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, just to be honest with you, I didn't even know that there was a person called the Peace Pilgrim. But I did look her up, and her first name is Mildred. Mildred, yeah. Mildred Lizette Norman, born yeah. in 1908, and she died in 1981. And she yeah. started a journey to cross the country and, and went many different places. She was the first woman to go down the Appalachian Trail, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. so she really was committed to that. And I think what I take away from what she said more than anything is the persistence and that's needed for us if we're going to change the world. It's, it's easy to get distracted. And Mildred, mm-hmm. if you don't mind me calling you Mildred, would that be your mm-hmm. message for all of us?
1: She says persistence is required. She says you can call me Mildred, Mildred or Peace Pilgrim. Uh, she says the title, Peace Pilgrim, was given to her in honoring So she enjoys both titles, she says. Um, She says, yes, persistence is required, she says, but also the passion to live the purpose you're meant to bring forward, the commitment to living from pure intent, keeping your heart open to the adventure of the journey is essential and remembering that the capacity to be an emissary of peace is within each one. She says, remember, simplicity is key as well. She wants to encourage people to read her book. What's your next question?
0: I was going to look for, she's, has she had more than one book then?
1: I believe there's two. I did not do background on her. I have been running and doing tea circles this week, so. Um, but I'm glad you did. I, she came in as a surprise. I had heard of her, but I haven't heard about her in 30 years. Well... and. This, that excited me was she after absurd. she came through. After she um, addressed last week, um, all of a sudden she showed up on my feed. Somebody posted her there, which I thought was interesting because I had not heard about her in thirty years. Well, She's, since,
0: laughing. Since 1983. She's laughing since nineteen eighty-three. They published and distributed over 400,000 copies of her book, just to let people know what it is now. Peace, Pilgrim, Her Life and Work in Her Own Words. And she's also had a booklet called Steps Towards Inner Peace. And 1.5 million have sold of that as well.
1: Yeah, I had that one. It's interesting. she, She held up her hand. She said there was two publications, and those are the two. Um, so she's laughing, and I want to say this, she has a deep and rich and heartful laugh and smile, and, um, and she's, she's just very interactive. She's sitting here, and she's, she, like right now, she said, oh, how kind. I heard that, you know. It's, she's very alive, very alive. Um, And she says that whenever you have peace gatherings, please call my spirit in. She says, I so love to see how the legs or the arms of peace are extending themselves so many ways. Now, do you have a final question?
0: I just guess it's nice to know you and meet you because I'm sorry I never heard of you. I feel like a adult. But um, mm-hmm. here's a statement she made, I believe. In order for the world to become peaceful, people must become more peaceful. Among mature people, war would not be a problem. So yep. it's all of us choosing one by one. Do you see Peace Pilgrim? Do you see... You know, we're moving supposedly towards the fifth dimension. And it seems like there's more turmoil now than there's been in a, even before, more recently. Do you see that we're, this is part of the rough bumps that we have to go through in order to get to this next place?
1: So she, she has a comment or two. She wants, I heard her say very clearly, she said, as Joyce says, peace is an inside job. She says, in living it, you bring it, right? She said that part. Um, And she says, the world of the fifth dimension or third dimension is as you perceive it to be. If you believe the world of the third dimension filled with fear is in charge, she says, then that's the making of the reality you're living She says, if your feet are positioned in the knowing that the third dimension is a dream people are awakening from, she says, then your feet are positioned in the fifth dimension, and you are a bringer of that realm to the planet. So she says, It's a choice. She says the we factor in the third dimension that unites people is the fear of what is no longer working. People are um, united and reactive in what is dying off. Things that are united in the fifth dimension is the knowing that that which is dying off Is creating space for new to come. And for new to come, that which needs to go will go. And I see this image and I feel Gaia very strong in this interaction. And she's saying, Gaia um, is saying, as things uh, shift, which I have been in allowance for, it is my design that allows uh, things to occur. Uh, the spaces that are empty that have disintegrated allow for the bubbling up of new frequencies. She says, now I'm not sure who's saying this, let me hear. She says, I am the peace program, I am back. She says that, the long-awaited dream of having peace on earth is alive in the heart, it's alive in the heart. That's why so many masters such as Christ and um, Mohammed and Buddha and uh, those from many religions, and even uh, the feminine deities, um, the Magdalene, the Third Mary, uh, who Rosalind channels, and um, uh, Mother Mary, and all the different de- deities around the world, Isis, all had a sense in knowing that you would find divinity with it within, And by tapping into that, you create your outer reality of um, what can be known as heaven or peace or paradise all around you from inside out. Um, So that place in the heart is the place beyond the fear. The place in the soul is beyond the fear. When you see the fear, step beyond the fear and know the answer of truth is the gift on the other side of the fear. You got that?
0: Yes, ma'am. I do. Thank you.
1: Good. Because I can't repeat that. I have no clue what we just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, So everyone, so this Peace Pilgrim is, she's sitting here and she is laughing. And she says, I so enjoyed your companies. And she says that um, she knows she just popped in and she did because I hadn't known she was coming in. But she said that she couldn't miss out on this opportunity to bring a message of peace and hope to the people. And I see John, I see Anne, I see the Peace Program all standing together. And um, they're sending out waves of love and peace to everyone and good fortune. And uh, John again is tipping his hat, hat and Anne is smiling, that very peaceful smile. And the peace pilgrim is standing up and is saying the words, and the and the of peace. She's saying, gather your titles and walk with me. And I saw the shift, and they closed.
0: And they're gone, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, and now I have a message, okay? Mm -hmm. I have a message since we're talking peace. And um, there's a couple things I want to describe that I think to add to what they said. Um, I think it was in 1994. There was four of us that came together and lived in a community, and we co-created Universal World Peace Gardens. And it was quite the event, and from that time to now, I have passed out a poem that people can read and dedicate their gardens to the continuation of world peace. And what I'd like to do is message it to you, and if you could post it. So people, if they want to join forces in doing a simple act of aiding, bringing peace to the planet, having a party even, or just having dinner or whatever, and then reading this poem to their garden. The vision is that um, the world can be united as paradise through gardens. So I'd like to offer that. And um, T-Shirts for Peace, the kids' organization, um, The Council of One, which many of of you know that I channel, have encouraged um, us to have interviews, three-question interviews with our children. And we are using the books to um, affect people, maybe take the schools and offer the wisdom of children and how they perceive the world. Um, If anyone wants to have an interview uh, with me with the book, um, they're free to email me or message me uh, to gather the wisdoms of their children. And once a month, um, there are, uh, the Council of One has called together peace circles. So they're speaking to people, and if anyone is interested in that, um, that would be wonderful if they could contact me for that. And, of course, there are these readings that I do with um, the reason I'm propelled to do mediumship readings and teach classes in that is because this is one form of piecework. When people come in and they're suffering because of grief, um, the, the urgency is to them to come into peace with themselves through bridge and the connection of life and death. So I just wanted to add those things for anyone who's interested. And um, I also wanted to um, thank Brother Tejas for his um, many, many input and in ways that he brings peace to the planet. Even this voice he's got, you know, um, it's just very calming. Um, <laughs> and um, I wanted to thank everyone for listening. What do you, is there anything you have to say?
0: No, I want to. I'm just thank you for letting me be a part of this. This was really it was really interesting to hear the different people. Some people I didn't imagine we'd be with so thank you joy for sharing your gifts and your message
1: uh, you're welcome and I thank and I want to thank um, the peace pilgrim John Lemon, and Franklin and TJ's mom for stepping forward and um, blessing us with all the wisdoms and gifts that they are still bringing through even beyond um, crossing over So um, much love and honor to them with our gratitude. And again, TJ, thank you for everything. And I want to thank our listeners. And I want to thank Daniel uh, again for bringing up Anne Frank and John Lennon. So many blessings to everyone.